Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. So we're going to do our C3 confessions today, and then we're going to get right into the word. Um, so before we do the confessions, turn to your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7, we're going to start at verse 12 there, and then we're going to go to the book of Joel, or Joel, chapter 3. I just wanted to give you the scripture text there, and in the book of Joel is chapter 3, verses 9 to 11, if you want to put that in your notes. But we're going to start off in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12 to probably around 16. So let's do our confessions. Oh, righteous Father, thank you for separating me to receive great grace and great power. Fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My heart, come on, put your hand on your heart and say, my heart is good ground and cannot be infiltrated or penetrated with the devil's seeds. I am a contagious carrier of the power, the purpose, the passion, and the potential of God. I believe you will supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am not need-based. I am not need-based. I am a supplier. I'm not man-centered. I am God-centered. I'm not an orphan. I am a son. I am redeemed. I am the blood-washed. I am holy. I am righteous. I am an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12. Uh, a lot of us are very familiar with this passage of scriptures that I'm about to read to you. Uh, it says, then the Lord appeared to Solomon. This is after Solomon began to dedicate the temple. It was finished. He dedicated it to the Lord. He said, then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. That is my prayer for C3 Church, that the Lord have chosen this place for himself as a house of sacrifice. That should be your prayer. You should pray, God, make this house your house and a house for your sacrifices. Verse 13, God says, when I, when I listen to the words, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among my people. See, this is, God says, when I do this. It didn't say when the devil sends this. He says, when I send it, when I shut up heaven, when I make you go home, when I cause these things to happen, just know it is me. But then there's a turning point. When you see these things happening, he didn't say to run in fear. He said, if... If is a conditional word, which means you got to make a choice. 
When you see these things happening, you can decide to be fearful, fearful or you can decide to follow the Lord. He said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then if then if we do something, then he does something. We got to stop asking God to do something when we're not willing to do anything. He said, when you do something, I'll do something. He said, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal the land. The land won't be healed until we get right. The church has to get right. Amen, somebody. Verse 15, now, now, if, then, and then now. He says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. This is my prayer for this place. That when you pray, God says, now I hear you. I got you. Why? Because you did the if. And because you did the if, then now. Now I'm going to show you who I am. And he says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Verse 16, for I have chosen and sanctified this house. For my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. And so he says, my name, my eyes, and my heart. My name, who I am, the character of who I am. My name is always going to be there, the attributes of God. My name, my name is a strong tower where the righteous run into it and they are safe. Oh, the name of the Lord. That's why we can call on that name because there's no greater name given among men by which men can be saved. But at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, come on, y'all know the scripture. Not just two or three. He said, my name will be there and my eyes will be open. He said, you're going to have vision. And he said, my, come on, saints of God, that you will be able to see beyond the natural. And he said, and then you're going to have my heart. See, that's what happens when you do the if. Come on, somebody. See, he, he said that when the pestilence and the locusts come, now I need you to turn to Joel chapter 3. Let's see if we can tie some of this together. Joel chapter 3, if you read in chapter 1, we see that there was a pestilence that came and destroyed all of the economy of Israel. And they were like us today. Their economy was devastated. Their, their way of life was completely destroyed because the locusts ate up everything. Even the priests, they couldn't do sacrifices because the peace offerings and all of that stuff was already destroyed. So they couldn't even perform their duties that they were supposed to perform. So everything was chaotic. And, and they're, they're, they, were, they were in fear, kind of like what people are, are today. And so the, the Bible says he spoke to Joel and he said, listen, this is what I want you to do. Tell them to lead the house. He said, I want you to gather my people. Come on, somebody. You better tell me if the Lord is not talking, he's talking. He said, I want you to gather my people. He said, I want you to fast, and I want you to pray, spare my people. This is what he said. He said, because I want you to blow the trumpet, and I want you to sound the alarm. Even though there's judgment coming on this side, there's restoration coming on that side. See, this is the book of Joel. And so, so when I want to pick up the story here in Joel chapter 3 because there was something that happened in Joel chapter 3 because the people said, okay, enough is enough. So Joel chapter 3 verse 9 says, proclaim this among the nations, prepare for war. Oh, come on, somebody. Prepare for war. In, in some translations, it says mobilize for war. In other words, you got to get together so we can fight. 
This is a holy war that we are in. And he said, wake up the mighty men and let all the men of war draw near and let them come up. You got to go up in your mentality. You got to go up in the spirit. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. In other words, whatever you got, use as a weapon. Whatever little anointing you got, whatever little ministry you got, you take that little bit you got and use it for the name of the Lord. Oh, I don't have a thousand people in my ministry. Do you have two? Then take that two and do something with it. Come on, somebody. Take the platform that you already have and do something with it. And he said, let the weak say, I am strong. Listen, listen, listen to the verb of your chair. Assemble and come, all ye nations. He keeps saying for us to come together, and if we don't come together, we're defying the words of the Lord. Oh, my God, there's so much here. I can, I'm going to just spare y'all. Let me just stop right there. Lord, I thank you for the reading of your word. Uh, this is rich. It's powerful. It's sharper than any double-edged sword because it is the word of the Lord. I pray, Father, that you would take my tongue of clay and transform it, Father, into something that can write as a pen of a ready writer on the hearts of your people. Father, it doesn't matter if they're in this building or watching us by live stream. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will begin to touch everybody, no matter where they're listening, in their cars, in their living rooms, or on their jobs. I pray, Father God, that the power of the Lord can be palpable, that it can be felt, that people know that you are real. We love you, Jesus. You get the glory for any and everything that takes place. Ha. Huh. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? amen. Um, I want to preach for a few moments from the subject, the breaking point. The breaking point. Let me be clear that I think every Christian do understand and believe that all lives do matter to God. Uh, I don't believe that just because you say that black lives matters, it doesn't mean that all lives don't matter as well. So I want to be clear here because when I view what's going on today, I, we have to view it from God's viewpoint and not from man. Why? Because every life has purpose. Uh, it doesn't matter if you were planned or unplanned by your parents. It doesn't matter if you are able or disabled. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are black Brown, white, red, or creamy? Some of our light-skinned black folks know what I'm talking about. Pretty Ricky kind of creamy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know. I, I just went there. Every person in the eyes of the Lord has significance. Uh, this value has nothing to do with the color of their skin, but everything to do with what's on the inside, or like Dr. Martin Luther King says, uh, the contents of their character. Now, last Sunday, I poignantly pointed out how our government leaders want us to blindly follow their decisions, no matter how absurd they may be. I pointed out the, the fact that it's essential for certain things to be open but not other things. Uh, for instance, it's okay for the ABC stores to be open for the alcoholics, and it's okay for the marijuana dispensaries to be open for those who want to smoke some weed, uh, but it's not okay for you to go to work and provide for your families. 
Uh, it's essential that a woman can go and get an abortion, but it's not essential for people to go and get their cancer screenings. Uh, it's essential that hundreds of people can go to Walmart and Home Depot and Costco, but it's not essential for people to come to church. Well, I'm telling you right now, saints of God, that sometimes we have to do what thus saith God and defy what some of these so-called leaders are telling us to do. Uh, to add insult to injury, now we have 1,288 leading health professionals and infectious disease professionals. They just signed a letter speaking of the riots. Listen to this, quote, as, a, as public advocates, we do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission. These gatherings are the gatherings of all of the people who are rioting. Notice they didn't talk about the good people who are out there protesting peacefully. They're talking about the rioters is, is not, come on, did you hear their verbiage here? It says it's not risky. It's not risky. Now, I'm talking about 1,200 of these doctors said this. Now, let me, no, 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 no. They went on to say this. This should not be confused with a permission stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay-at-home orders. Did you hear that? So in other words, we, we, we are allowing you to go out by the thousands so that you can riot, but for the rest of you, you better stay home. Oh, yeah, this is public. This is public. This is public. You can look it up on the Internet. It's out there. Now, let, let me get this straight. So racism is worse than COVID-19. But we've been dealing with racism long before March 2020. Come on. Uh, come on, somebody. Long before March 2020, we've been dealing with this. First, first, let me just clear the air there. And that's racism of all sorts. So, so since we've been dealing with it since then, this has nothing to do with race or public safety. It has everything to do with power. They want to control us because we, they want us to be law-abiding puppets that they can maintain their dominance over. Is it happened in the Bible with the Babylonians, with the Assyrians, with the Greeks? And it's happening now with our government. Uh, the weapon of choice for them in March was fear. And the weapon of choice now is racism. Uh, I've seen people so scared driving in their cars, nobody else in the car with them with a mask on. Well, I think COVID might just jump through the AC and trip them up. That's how fearful people are. In the car by themselves with a mask on, breathing your own dirty air. I'm, am I right, saints of God? When you leave this church today, you just look. You don't look, don't look long. Just kind of give a look quick. Ooh. And you see it. This is how fearful people are because they're afraid that something gonna jump on them. Oh, they eat COVID gonna get me. And that's how they want you to be. They want you to be fearful because if you're fearful, then they can take dominance over you. Saints, you better listen to what I'm saying here. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I believe that there are issues, but some of these issues, they are inflating. These same experts told us that black people are more likely to contract this disease, but now you're saying you want thousands of black people to leave their home and protest. But don't worry, don't worry. This 1,288 people, they have waved their wand of supremacy over everything, and you're going to be all right. Surely you're going to be good. Somebody said, surely he ain't going to be good. So, uh, uh, I don't even want to say this part, but I'm going to say it anyway. Here's the theory behind this. The theory behind the letter is that, get this, get this. White supremacy is more lethal to black people than the coronavirus. So if black people are dismantling white supremacy, it's actually healthier. This is what they're, that's their logic here. So let me get this straight. Killing David Dorn, which is a 77-year-old black police captain in the streets while streaming it live is dismantling white supremacy. Better open your eyes, saints. What these people are spewing at us, you better start defying it and checking it by the word of the Lord. Looting and burning down black-owned businesses, that's dismantling white supremacy. 17 black people dead since these riots, that's dismantling white supremacy. I'm going to give you a minute to let this stuff sink in. None of this caught God by surprise. And if you listen carefully to the messages that people are giving you, you begin to listen to what God is saying in the midst of it all. Because one thing about God's prophets, the prophets are going to tell you facts. You might not like it. But you're going to get the truth, and you deal with the truth. This is truth right here. So I want you to know this because something has got to happen. We need a counterculture spiritual awakening on a mass level, saints of God. It, it can't just be in pockets, but it has to be in all the saints of God. And the reason I wanted to come with this message about the breaking point, because I believe that the people of God will, are at the point and the precipice of saying enough is enough, that you are at the breaking point. See, the breaking point, by definition, is the point at which a situation becomes critical or perilous. I truly believe we are living in perilous times. Do you agree with me right now? I believe that we are at critical mass. I believe that things are happening on a scale that it's taking us by surprise and it's catching us off guard. And it also means the point where you get sick and tired of being sick and tired and you say I have got to do something and you stop pointing fingers at somebody else and you say somebody need to do something and that finger begins to point to yourself and say I am at the breaking point I have got to do something I have got to take a stand against this amen somebody the breaking point is a time that you rouse yourself it is a time to unify and discern the plans of God and the plans that he has for the church and what he has for this nation. It is a time to break free. Uh, I'm always reminded by Apostle Paul over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Paul said this, it is for freedom, my God. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. 
Oh, yes, I tried to do things in my own strength, saints of God. I tried to, I tried to do things uh, my own way. I, I didn't understand what true freedom was until I was radically changed by the power of the Lord. I, I, I didn't know what true freedom was. I thought freedom was going out to drink and, and to smoke weed and the club and to do all sorts of shenanigans that my flesh wanted to do because uh, I, was, I was grown now. And uh, I can do things on my own now, praise the Lord. You, you're away from your family. You're away from people that, that can tell you what you need to be doing. And, and then you just run amok and uh, you just continue to do what your flesh wants to do. Why? Because it feels good. I, I don't know any sin that I did that didn't feel good. And uh, if you, for one moment, try to get all holy on me right now, and you think that, no, I didn't like sinning. I, I just, pastor, I was just, I just knew the Lord was calling me. I had the Holy Ghost anointing. Even when I was doing all of my shenanigans, I just would hear Jesus. And, and I, I knew I was doing wrong, pastor, but I just kept on doing it. Any, you lying. You enjoyed it just like I did. And there had to be a breaking point in your life to where you finally said, enough is enough, and I need the Lord right now. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my mind up. It, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lose control. I'm, somebody going to get hurt. If God doesn't come down and change and rearrange some things in my life, I know I, know I might not make it tomorrow. Somebody say breaking point. See, God knows how to get us to our breaking point. And, and yes, Jesus doesn't just free us from something. He frees us for something. Let me just repeat that one more time. Jesus doesn't just free us from something. He freed me from sin. He freed me from drinking. And he freed me from a dysfunctional mindset. But he don't just free us from something. He frees us for something. So he translates us out of the darkness into his marvelous life. He brought us from something to something so that we can do something. It is for freedom. He set us free and, and only Jesus can free us from death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus can free us from our past. And Jesus can free us from alcohol. And Jesus can free us from promiscuous living. Come on, somebody. Jesus can free us from hatred and racism. And thanks be unto God. Knowing that we got the victory in Jesus. I'm not calling it a comeback. I've been here for years. Come on, somebody. Oh, no, this ain't a comeback. We already been here. Come on, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. See, some of y'all ain't been saved all your little life. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This ain't a comeback. We've been here for years, and we're still standing. The devil took his best shot in your life. Come on. And you're still up in here. He tried to strip you of your finances, and you're still up in the house of the Lord, and he attacked your body, and... You still up in here. He gave you a migraine and you still praise the Lord and your back was hurting and you still came to praise the Lord and, and your feet was hurting and you still praise in the Lord and he attacked your family and you still praise in the Lord and he attacked your job and you still praise in the Lord. He attacked your community and you still praise in the Lord. He attacked your mind and you still praise in the Lord. Praise is what we do. Ah, freedom is what I declare today. 
At the end of the American Revolution around 1775, Patrick Henry, he was closing his speech and his words was at St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia. It was the catalyst for the writing of the Declaration of Independence. He said this, quote, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Mm. Forbid it not, almighty God. I know not what the course of others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. He was saying, I would rather fight and be free than to die and be a slave. Come on, saints of God. We got people out there in these streets right now are slaves to sin. And it's up to the church to talk to these people about Jesus. Who else is going to talk to them about change? Nobody but the church. That's why we got to mobilize. That's why you got to understand this is a war that we're fighting. Those weren't just songs that they were singing. Those were songs to prepare you. You're going to hear later on why we must be prepared because of what God is about to do. And it's all based on Bible. Amen, somebody. Are you, are you with me so far? Somebody say, give me liberty or give me death. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand, saints. You going to stand with this? You going to stand? You going to fight for people who can't fight for themselves? Come on. Come on, saints of God. No, 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 no. God didn't bring you in here with all this life and breath for you to sit down and do nothing. See, at some point, man, you got to say enough is enough. I'm at the breaking point right now. You got to be at the breaking point like Hadassah. Who knows who Hadassah was? Hadassah is Esther. You may not know her real name. Her real name was Hadassah. That was her Hebrew name. Ah, uh, come on now. Esther was her Persian name. That was the name that was given to her. See, some of us got to stop calling ourselves by the name that was given by the world. Oh, my, 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 my. You calling yourself what somebody said to you that didn't even love you. You look it in the mirror and you look up and you see something ugly because some, what's something somebody else said. That means you are identifying by something somebody else said to you rather than what God has called you. I'm telling you right now, you're wonderfully and fearfully made. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what somebody said about you, what somebody has said that you're going to do or you're not going to do. You're made in the image of God. The Bible said the homage day of God, which means that you look like God, you act like God without trying because you are his child. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you don't have to apologize to be his child. I'm at the breaking point. I'm like Hadassah. Hadassah said, listen, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. But if I perish, <laughs> I perish anyway. But I'm going to do what thus saith the Lord. Listen, girl, don't, don't go do that. You know you don't have enough money. I'm going to go do what God told me to do. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You, you know you shouldn't be going out there talking to people like that. But I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. You know you're supposed to be at home with that mask on. By yourself, walk around the house with a mask on. <laughs> see, you see how crazy they got us? They got us acting crazy. Why? Because we're slaves. Slaves, muffled by man. And when you're muffled by man, you can't praise God. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says this. If it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, Choose this day whom you will serve. 
whether it's the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, but as for me, no, 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 I'm going to make this personal. As for John Lofton and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, at some point, you have to break down and say, listen, I don't care what everybody else is doing. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And sometimes you got to tell your children that. I don't care what your friends are doing. But up in here, no, 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 I have rules up, up in here. Until you write on the mortgage check. If you pay half the mortgage, then you can have half the say-so. But you ain't paying not nary bill up in here. Therefore, as for me and my house. See, sometimes pastors got to say that to the church. I don't care what everybody else is doing. As for me and this house. You're going to live in holiness. You're going to live in righteousness. Oh, yeah, you're going to live right. You're going to act right. You're going to talk right. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Holy Ghost living. Yeah, yeah, y'all got that bald-headed fire and brimstone preacher. Yes, you do. Because the one thing I know for sure, if I can't snatch you out of the hands of the devil, you're going to die and go to hell. And I don't want anybody to go to hell. I want you all to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So if my message seems a little extreme, oh, just let hold on for a second. You hold on to see what else I got to say. See, I am a revolutionary. Amen. See, when you are a revolutionary, you need reformers around you, not, not conformers. See, we got too many Christian conformers. They want to conform to everything they hear, everything that they see. But they're not reformers and saying, oh, God, but I'm going to walk with you anyway. For God I live and for God. Naked came I in the world. And naked I shall return. Come on. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And then listen to the next word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can take it away and you can give it. I don't care if I got a little. I don't care if I got much. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the breaking point. That's the point when you say enough is enough. See, at the breaking point, your attitude changes. See, you get rid of that victimized, that victimized, victim, victimized, victimized mentality. <laughs> victimized mentality. Amen. See, 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 at that point, you, you just don't, your words change. See, at that point, you, 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 you begin to say, who you think you're talking to? Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about here. See, see, you can take stuff and take stuff and take stuff. You can take it and take it and take it. Then one day, you're going to say, what? One day, you're going to say, oh, no, no. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I ain't going to take this no more. I know that's not correct English, but you say, I ain't going to take this no more. Enough is enough. I'm at my breaking point. And I just can't sit back on my hands and sit back on what God wants me to do. I got to get out there. I got to show the world how good this God is. Come on, somebody. 
I don't know what has to happen in your life for you to reach that breaking point. But I do know one thing. God will get your attention one way or another. And I have learned in my little short time of living with the Lord that he will get your attention by revelation or tribulation. My God, I always ask the Lord, please, Lord, just let me get it. Please, let me just drop the Bible down and throw out my thermon and moon and, and say, oh, there it is right there, Lord. I see it and I will obey it, but, but don't let the tribulation come oh lord but but god always says that i can't just give you the revelation i gotta bring some tribulation because if i give you the revelation without the tribulation you won't learn the principles in the problem oh my god and if you don't learn the principles in the problem how you gonna move into your provision oh my 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 See, when you get to the breaking point, that's when you take a stand. And you say, uh-uh, this ain't going to happen anymore. You tell the devil, uh-uh, no, 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 not today. You're not going to take my mind like you, you did before. Not today. Somebody say, not today. Not today, not today. This nation is at a breaking point. And the church has to rise up and proclaim the only way this nation can be saved is by the love of God. That's the only way. John 3.16 says, God so loved. Did you hear that word? So, so is an adverb. So let me take you to school. <laughs> so is an adverb. And what it does, it enhances the adjective. Come on, come on. So love. He didn't say that God loved. He said he so loved. Come on, let me break it down in North Carolina English. You know, you know when y'all were in the world. I'm talking about y'all. You know when you was in the world, right? Let me, let me mess with the ladies for a second. You know, when, when y'all were in the world, sometimes right now, when y'all was in the world, and <laughs> y'all, come on now, let me preach, stop. And, uh, and so, 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 so y'all know, before, b b before COVID, y'all know, before COVID, everybody was out, you know, and, 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 and you would see some, some uh, gentleman caller, come on, somebody. He might not be calling on you, but <laughs> but you see him anyway. Y'all know what I'm talking about here, right? Right. And so you will see him, and 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 you don't say he looks good. What'd you say? He looks so good. <laughs> see, you gotta add a little something, some something, something to it, right? Amen. Amen. All right, let me talk with the fellas for a second. Where the fellas at? Say yeah. You gotta drop the mask and do that. Praise the Lord. And so, so, so the fellas, the fellas, come on, let me mess with the fellas. Okay, the fellas, y'all know before COVID. Yeah, just because you got saved, God didn't stop making pretty women. Amen. And so, them brothers say, Amen, Pastor. <laughs> let the Lord put scales on my eyes. And so, so that's why Job said, I make a covenant with my eyes before the Lord that I won't behold evil. So, so it's, here it is. Here it is. And so y'all know they walk by day. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? And you don't, you don't say, well, she's fine or she's pretty. You say what? Oh, she's so fine. Right? You got to add a little bit to it. Right? So, so the Bible in John 3.16 says God so loved. You and I. Come on. I make that thing personal. God, come on, let's make it personal. God so loved me. 
my God. See, you got to make this thing personal because you are at the breaking point. Right? You said God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. Come on, whosoever. 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 It doesn't matter about skin tone. That whosoever believes in him shall have, shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. And so, so he put a little emphasis on that. So if the son sets you free, If the son sets you free, let me say that again. If the son, Jesus, if he sets you free, you are free indeed. That's John 8, 36. You are free indeed. Well, if the son sets you free, why do you allow man to shackle you back? No, we just run around. Oh, Jesus set me free. I am redeemed of the Lord, but you still in chains. Uh, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying it can happen. Amen. So I'm just speaking to the person in your seat right now. See, true victory. Y'all okay? Okay. True victory and freedom come through faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and obedience to his word. Now, this is Victory Sunday because we got the victory. And I believe that the Lord can break us free from any and everything that keeps us bound. He can break you free from your past. He can break you free from depression. He can break you free from drugs. He can break you free from, listen to me, relationships. Come on, toxic relationships that you know you should have let go of years ago. And he just keeps telling you, come on, they're killing you. What are you doing? At some point, come on, boo-boo, say enough is enough. And say, you know what? I love you and everything, but bye-bye, boo. You're going to have to go so long, bye-bye. <laughs> Amen? So he can break you free. He, listen, listen. He can break you free from stinking thinking. Listen, he can break you free from a pole-living mentality. Yes. Right? Stop asking God for a check if you're still living like you broke. No, see, you got to change this mind. A check won't change you. That's right. That's right. No, no, no. Make sure that your mind is changed before God gives you the check. Because if your mind don't change, it doesn't matter about the amount of the check. You're going to blow it. Amen, somebody. You know this is fresh. This is rich anyway. Amen. God can break us free from all of this stuff, saints of God. He, he can even break us free from bad doctrine. A lot of y'all have been here because of bad doctrine. Y'all want to come somewhere you got some good doctrine. A am I telling the truth up in here? Yeah, you want to get off from under that stuff. Why? Because you was in chains. You were dragging the ball and the chain every time you went to church. Y'all know God set you free when you came up in here. Right? So why, why are you going to go to church screaming that you're free but you still shackled? Well, wait a minute. When you say you're free, wait, wait a minute, but that's not a license to sin. That's right. God didn't set us free so that we can go out and sin. He set us free so that we can be a better witness for his namesake. Right. Amen, somebody. Somebody said, he set me free, so I'm going to stay free. I dare not be ashamed and timid when it comes to the word of the Lord. 
So I, I want to mobilize and prepare you for war. So when you prepare for war, that means you have come to the breaking point and it's time to fight or die. Saints, I'm telling you, the church is there now. You need to fight or die. This is the last chance for the church. We have got to rise up to the true call of what it means to be a Christian. And we dare not apologize for saying the name of Jesus. I don't apologize for having a, a, a revolutionary message. I don't apologize for being extreme. You can, talk, you can talk bad about me all day long. I'm going to still pray for you. But I ain't apologizing for telling you what's right and what's wrong. Saints, we're going to have to start living right. Hello, somebody. And I ain't talking about this mixture either. I ain't talking about, okay, I'm going to put my pinky toe. My pinky toe is still going to be out there in the world. But I'm a, I'm a, at least I'm a face towards the church. So that means on Sunday, I'm a, but then on Monday, I'm a cuss folks out. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. On, 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 on Sunday, I'm a teach Sunday school. But on Monday, I'm going to hit on that woman's husband. Oh, see, y'all don't want to talk about the truth, do you? Oh, y'all want me to get back to that old lukewarm, candy-coated, Cotton candy message, don't you? Uh-uh, no, Pastor. Don't, don't be talking about me when I'm doing wrong, Pastor. Let's, let's keep this thing light and simple. No, no, don't, don't tell me that I need to change, Pastor. No, no, if I got to change, you got to change. Amen? I don't preach an aff affirmational gospel. It's a transformational gospel. God is going to transform you. Yeah, you come on up in here, but you're going to change. You got to transform into what God has called you to be, saints of God. All of us, none of us are exempt. All of us are broken somewhere. Ain't nobody perfect in the house. And then when you try to hold up a man of God and a woman of God that's perfect, then they sin, then you all of a sudden, I don't even want to go to church anymore because the pastor did something. You, why are you watching him? What are you doing? You need to keep your eyes on the Lord because if you had been in the Bible, you probably would have saw it anyway. Come on. Come. There are some clues. There are some clues now. If you see Elaine sitting on the front row, and I'm preaching, I'm preaching hard, but she's looking at me, her lip all tight. Y'all know we've Y'all know we been fussing. Y'all know. Y'all, come on, come on. Y'all know. They ain't kicking it. They ain't kicking it. They ain't kicking it. See, but when her leg is just moving like this here while I'm preaching, right now, right now. When that old leg start dangling like that right there, she knows that old bald head around still right there. It's mine. He's all mine. And now, boy, he's preaching, preaching bald head. That's mine. See, see, that's what I'm talking about right there, right? See, if you watch and see what's going on, you'll see it. Or, or the woman of God don't ever come to church when you're preaching. Oh, she's just not feeling well. No, that woman don't want to hear you preach, bro, because you're a liar. Oh, see, I'm. See, y'all got me all the way. I'm, I'm going I'm to come back. I'm coming back right now because this thing is streaming live. I don't know who I'm talking about. Amen, somebody. And I'm telling you, you better be real in the house of the Lord. Ain't no more. Listen, listen. When you get to the breaking point, you don't have any more energy to front. You don't have any more energy to put on. You know what you say? Hey, it is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. Don't make it what it isn't. 
Hey, what you see? I don't have any more. That's why I stand. I stand on the solid rock of Christ. If you like this kind of preaching, you'll love this church. But if you don't, the preaching ain't going to change. I'm not here. I'm not here counting noses, trying to see who's in the church. No, no, no. I want to feel souls, and I want to make sure you understand that there is a difference between heaven and hell, and I'm trying to keep you out of the bad one. And sometimes you got to come with a word that's going to mess you up. It's time for us. Let me transition. Y'all leave me alone. (laughs) It's time for us to mobilize for this war. The book of Joel speaks of a people whose way of life was already destroyed. In the midst of the pestilence, the people were called to gather together. They were called to fast. They were called to cry out to the Lord. They were called to repent and turn back to the Lord. And they were called to pray Spare your people. Let me just say that one more time. In the midst of the pestilence and in the midst of their economic downturn and the devastation of what was going on with their economy, they were not working at the time. They didn't have any, any livelihood at the time. In the midst of all of that, the man of God was called by God to tell the people to gather together to fast, to cry out to the Lord, to repent and pray to God, spare your people. And then they came to the breaking point in Joel chapter 3, verse 9. And I want to read that from a different translation, Joel chapter 3, verse 9. I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. Listen to this. It says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare. The word prepare is interesting. The word prepare in Hebrew is the same word consecrate. So we saw the word consecrate in Joel chapter 1, somewhere around, I think, verse 14. And we also saw it in in Joel chapter 2, somewhere around verse 15. He said, consecrate the people. So here we go, saints. It's time to prepare for war. That word preparation is the same word consecration. You will not be prepared for a spiritual war still acting crazy. Unless you live a consecrated, fasted, believing, faithful life, you will not be prepared for this war. It has to be holiness unto the Lord or nothing at all. We are called to a holy war. And it goes on to say, Prepare the warriors. Let all the men, this is men and women, let all the men and women of war advance and attack. Beat your plows into swords and your pruning knives into spears. Let let even the weaklings say, listen to this, let even the weaklings say, I am a warrior. Somebody say breaking point. See, at first... These were people who had a victim's mentality. At first, they were broken and tore up and devastated by the economy. At first, they didn't know where to go. They didn't know where to turn because even the priests were living in fear. They couldn't even give sacrifices to the Lord. And then came the man of of God. The man of God said, come on. 
Come on together. we got to gather together. There are some things that God would want us to do. We're going to have to come together. We're going to have to assemble. But there's also some more instructions that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to fast. We're going to have to consecrate ourselves. Uh, we're going to have to repent of our sins. Second Chronicles chapter 7 says, if we, come on, if we, if we turn, we're going to have to repent of our sins. And then we're going to have to cry out to God. Come on, saints of God. And then we're going to have to pray, spare your people. Those are the things that God said that would have to happen with the people. And then the people will have to come to the breaking point of saying, I am a warrior right now. I'm sick and tired of being at home. I'm sick and tired of being looked down on. I'm sick and tired of being talked about. I'm still going to stand for Jesus. Verses 13 and 14 says, swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. See, this is why we got to prepare for the war. God says the harvest is ripe. He said, put it to the sickle. Just remind me of uh, Revelations, um, I think chapter 14, when he told the angel to put it, the sickle. And the angel came with the sickle so he could reap the harvest. I think it's somewhere around verse 19. And so this reminds me of that. Then he said, come, tread the grapes, for the wine press is full. The storage vats are overflowing. Listen to this. Are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. So notice, notice, notice. They went from being devastated from everything. But when we prepare for the war, notice what the vats are full of now. It's not full of a great harvest. It's full of wickedness. See, this is why we have to proclaim a war. Because we have to reap the benefits, but the benefits are with the wicked. So God is saying, are you willing to take what God has given you? I'm telling you, right? See, the land was there, but God didn't just hand it to them. He said, you got to go what? Possess it. Saints, I'm telling you right now, there are some things that we have to go and possess. God said it's yours, but you got to go get it. Amen, somebody. Sometimes, sometimes, even in ministry, sometimes God says, step out. And you said, God, where? He said, I I'll tell you when you get there. And you said, but Lord, I don't know where to go. He said, I know. Step out. But uh, Lord, ooh, I don't know about this. This don't look right. Come on, come on. Lord, I let me pray some more. Lord, let me, let me, let me, you telling the Lord, let me seek the Lord. You telling God, you telling God, let me seek the Lord. The, the, come on now, I'm not by myself, right? Come on, come on. God says, listen, uh, you, you know I told you to go do this, but, but God, hold on, hold on, Lord. Uh, uh, is that my mama calling? Lord, I know, I know that's what you said, but I, I know, I know you need me to go do this, but Oh, God, I, I know I'm hearing your voice right now, but but it's an argument for your limitations. And when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. And that's why you stay in your limitations, because you just argued for your limitations. See, see, but is a hesitation, which means you're not ready to be obedient. I'm telling you right now, he's already talking to you. He's already told a lot of you specific stuff. And some of y'all, he's waiting for you to obey. While you sitting back waiting for the next thing, God says, nope, when you step out, I'll show you the next thing. 
See, some, sometimes, saints, you can't get to the next thing because you hadn't done the first thing. And see, and we still waiting on the next thing, and we haven't done the first thing. And God says, when you do the first thing first, then I give you it. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to. I must be talking to John Lofton up in here today. I don't know if the saints are ready for this right now. See, saints, say this with me. I am a warrior. Come on, say I'm a fighter. Come on, say I'm victorious. Say I'm a finisher. Say I am an overcomer. Say I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Come on, see, that's who you are. Sometimes you have to tell yourself that. So listen, I came this morning to serve notice on the devil just like you did and said, you can't have my family. Come on. You can't have my peace. You can't have my breakthrough. Come on, saints. Come on. Come on. See, those weren't just songs. That's a testimony and a declaration. I'm serving notice right now that enough is enough in my house. And for me in my house, you can't have my family. You can't have my finances. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't have my body. Come on, somebody. You got to serve notice on the devil, and you got to say, devil, enough is enough because I'm at the breakthrough and the breaking point right now for my breakthrough. So you can tell the devil, I ain't going to go no more. I know that's not right English, but we're going to tell him that anyway. Say, I ain't going there no more. Somebody say, I'm not going back. See, you can't go back right now. God has delivered you from too much. Come on, come on. Haven't you fought? Haven't you tried to get through so much in your life right now? You can't go back. God said, no, we're going to keep moving forward. Come on, do your hands like that. Say, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. Somebody said, this means war. This means war. This means war. See, we are in a battle, and this battle is for your life. It's for your mind. It's, it's for the health of your, 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 your spirit right now. See, he wants us to live in fear because as long as you live in fear, you're not going to feel powerful. You're not going to feel led of the Lord because fear is going to incapacitate you and you will be stunted in your growth because you will be you will be succumbed to analysis paralysis. See, you will always be asking questions, uh, always ever learning, but never coming into the full knowledge of the truth. Uh, always asking questions, but never stepping out in a statement. We got to make some declarations today. See, I'm at the breaking point. Enough is enough. No more, saints of God. And see, when you know you're at the breaking point, your praise changes. See, that's why this is Victory Sunday. See, because when you, you know when your praise changed, too. Because, see, see, you can come in. I'm a, I ain't done. I'm going to give part two next Sunday. But I'm going to stop right here. See, because... When you know something has changed, there, there is, there is, oh God, there is an alignment that takes place on the inside that is almost like a snap. It's, it's almost like something inside of you so deep that God can begin to touch in a real way. And you go from wrestling to clinging. Come on, somebody. See, Jacob knew he couldn't go to his brother Esau the same way he came. Jacob wrestled with God, and, and he began to push back from God, and, and he, he began to wrestle with that theophany all night long. But as soon as God said, okay, I'm done, and God smote him in the hip joint, pow! 
<laughs> Jacob went from wrestling to clinging. Because what has to happen is God has to shrink some flesh in you so that you go from wrestling God to clinging to his ankles. Then your war cry changes because then you say, I won't let you go unless you bless me. That's where your praise comes in. Your praise says, God, I know I feel this way in my body. I know I feel this way in my mind. I know I feel this way about things that are going on. But, God, I'm going to grab your ankles. And I won't let you go until you bless me. My God, I wish I had two or three people that know what I'm talking about. That you're willing to stand up on your feet and begin to give God some glory up in this place. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.